Hey guys, it's Anthony. Just wanted to tell you about our friends real quick at Baseballism. Baseballism is a lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime, specializing in premium apparel and glove leather accessories for men, women, and children. Visit Baseballism.com and use coupon code AASports for a 15% discount on your next order. Not ready to order today? Follow Baseballism on Instagram to stay connected. Baseballism is America's brand. Welcome to the ANA Podcast, Sports Talk, with your hosts, Anthony Cortez and Alex Ashley. What's up, and welcome back to another edition of the ANA Podcast. This is episode 41. 41. This is 41, right? 41. We're, we have yeah. that right. Yes. Okay. We're at 41. Okay, cool. <laughs> not 39, <laughs> not 40. Yeah. Not one, not two, but three. Forced. Oh, what is it? Oh, man. Do you remember that movie, The Fifth Element? Barely. Four stones. Not one, not two, but three, but four. Four stones. Zero stones. Zero crates. One of Bruce Willis's best movies. Ever. Yeah. I finally saw Unbreakable 2 the other uh, couple Did you? Weeks. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Have you seen Glass yet? Yeah. It's good shit, it dude. It is, dude. Good shit. I, I'm not, but I'm just not a fan of the movies that leave you with a thousand unanswered questions or unanswered answers, you know? And like, yeah. It's just, yeah. I'm not a fan well, of Well, but their whole thing is they're going to make so many more movies after this one. Like, the point was to leave it kind of unanswered so that they could just I think expand. that was the end of the trio, though. I think. I think right. Yeah. But I think they're going to expand and make, like, different, <laughs> like movie plot lines off of this one plot line. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm saying. Gotcha. For what I understood, that was the game plan, but I don't know. Yeah. That's not sports. That's not sports. That's not sports. Hey, we're an all sports podcast. We are an all sports, but not that you'd be able to tell. No, not at but. all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, friends? I am Anthony. He is Alex. We're an all sports podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, thanks so much for doing that. Giving us your time. We appreciate that. Um, hey, real quick, if you keep coming back and you find value in the show, and if you obviously like the show because you keep coming back go ahead and if you listen to us on itunes go ahead and leave us a positive review over there and leave us a rating it or anywhere really it, it doesn't take very long at all if you're not going to boost our ego it just helps us get more noticed um that's pretty much it yeah we do have an email address what is the email Fuck address? reading <laughs> spelling none of i don't want to do any of that it's double a sports show at gmail.com if you can't spell it out you probably shouldn't be listening to our show Double is spelled out. Well, we will say that. <laughs> yeah, double is spelled out. Double is spelled out. Well, how else would you do that if it's an email? I don't know. <laughs> and that was the other thing. I think I remember saying that, like on like the like the second or third. Right. Like that was the only email at the account that was available. So right. leave us alone. Right. Yeah. So. Jesus. Double a sports show at gmail dot com. Double is spelled out with one a. Um, so yeah. Go Wait, what? One a. Oh, 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 I thought you meant the word double is spelled no, yeah. with an A, There's and I was like, a, do what? There's not an A in double. I thought you, I was a dyslexic kid. <laughs> <laughs> There's not an A in double. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, we did get an email this this uh, this past week from our good yeah. friend Tyler Short. T-Dup. One of our biggest fans, if not our biggest fan. Um, Tyler, he says, what's going on? My main, my main guy is A.T. Cortez and Toothpaste 3 Millie, Alex, the bread of wonder. Toothpaste? Every what? freaking episode, he's coming up with a, I know. a, a new nickname for you. And Why it's, Toothpaste? I don't know. Anyways, it's been a... It's been a few weeks and it's been kind of crazy, but listening to your great podcast as always, interviews have been exceptional. Hey, man, thanks. Had some points I wanted to bring up and to get your take on. Here's what I got. So Kyler Murray decided to go to the NFL instead of the MLB, and I agree with you in saying that I think there was a good part of that decision being based on money. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. 
But he has a uh, he has also communicated a few times throughout the year his love for baseball. My question for you guys is: What team would you like to see him on, and how far do you think he could go? You want me to just keep reading, or do we want to answer this one by one? Let's go one by one real quick. Okay. Uh, I'd like to see him go to the cards. I would like to see him and Kingsbury uh, link up and see what they could do together. And I could see him making it to the playoffs, but with the cards, you don't make it far into the playoffs. Not mm-hmm. anytime soon, at least. At uh, least not in a few years. <clears throat> right. Um, but my question would be when he gets to that next level, how well can he play? Which is, I mean, the question for everybody. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you see some guys and you're like, yeah, okay, you could, you could win a Super Bowl. You could do X, Y, and Z. But, uh, I mean, I could see him making the playoffs with, with a, with, with a Cliff, team. Yeah. With Cliff. Yeah. I was going to say the same exact thing. I would love to, I'd love to see Cliff get him uh, and see. I would also like to see him go to the Raiders. That would just to, just to spite, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just to spite the A's. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. But anyway. Anyways. Uh, as for James Harden, he's uh, just blowing out my mind with 38, 30 plus point games, and he is well on his way to his second straight MVP award. No, I believe this. No, he's not. No, he's not. Yeah. I believe this is the year that he will be able to carry my Rockets to the playoffs. But what is your take on the Rockets, and how far do you think he can take the Rockets in the playoffs? Also, way early predictions. Who do you think wins at this point? Uh, or who do you think at this point will win the NBA championship? That's way too early for me to tell. Golden man. State. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's Golden State. Yeah, there's no other more complete team right now outside of Golden State. There's no team I would trust to win in seven more than Golden State. Right Especially now. with Boogie Cousins now, right? Which is Especially with him hitting the three. That's fucking ridiculous. It's not fair. Um, but as far as the James Harden thing goes, um, I mean, the Lakers with a pretty beat up LeBron who has to activate himself like. Not even midway, a little bit after midway through the season to even make sure that his team makes it to the playoffs, just beat the Rockets. I don't see the Rockets making it out of like one or two. I think they lose right before the division or the conference finals. I I don't have an answer for you, man. I'm sorry. It's just it's way too early for me to tell. And I study up, my man. Yeah, study up. Yeah. Uh, last thing I wanted to bring up is how I thought this was a, a great question and I wanted to email him back about it, but it's too late now. Um, last thing I wanted to bring up is how you guys were, th- or how you guys were talking about having a professional football team here in San Antonio and how you had plenty of people that would love the idea and go to a few games. I totally agree and that it would be really exciting to see another team in Texas to spice up the in-state rivalry. My question is, mm. if it was to happen, uh, what would the name, what would you name the team and what would the team colors be, and where would the venue be located? Question for both of uh, you and Rocco. Rocco is not here tonight. We're t- we're we're taping this in a uh, nine o'clock in the morning, and he's working. But so, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, man. I've thought seriously. I have thought. What would you name an What would you name an MLB team if you brought an expansion team here? Like if you had to completely come up with a whole different name for. Someone that's not the Rays or the right. or, or the A's or whoever the fuck it would be. Right. I don't know, man. I wasn't can, there an arena football team called the Outlaws. Maybe wasn't it like the Austin Outlaws or like the Desperados or something like that? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. My favorite colors though are blue and white or like blue and gold. So that would be the team colors for me. Probably I, blue and white. I mean. It's hard not to not to take the colors from the Spurs and just use the, yeah, but the silver and black. Well, of course you would, though. Yeah, that's like that's your go-to. Of course you would. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, but I like the uh, Commanders team colors. 
The red and red a, and the, slightly darker red. The red and slightly darker <laughs> red and white. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not creative. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, my seven year old daughter picked it out. She was looking at the color wheel and really likes the color red. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah. Man, I don't know. That's a great question. I've honestly thought about it. I really have. And I, if you don't, if you don't already move a team here, that's not the Raiders. I don't know, dude. I think you got to go with like your classic color combinations. You, there's not a whole lot of new combos out there. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna go with your, you know, you know, blue and orange, or right, you know, gold and whatever other color you know gold and red yeah because yellow and red blue and orange like you know your complementary colors or pick a color and white pick a yeah. color and silver you yeah know what I'm saying? so for a name you would have to go with something like obviously themed related but something that not everybody would think of right you know we'll get to you next episode with like three cities three color schemes and like three names yeah we're gonna, that's because that's that's interesting. That is a great question. That is a great question. You can't because you can't take the missions because they're already the missions right. are already taken. Right. Well, I mean, you could. No. Okay. Missions already taken. That's true. You just said that you can't take it. Well, there's multiple teams in in all pro sports with with the same name, dude. With the missions? No, like the Cardinals and the Cardinals. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Rangers and Rangers. Um. But they're not in the same city. They're not. Or in the same state. That's true. They're not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. We'll get to you next yeah, time. Yeah. We'll come up with it. That's a great question. Uh, a few start bench cuts. He got QBs. Kyler Murray, Jake Fromm, and Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence Murphy from. Lawrence Murphy Trump or Murray? Murray. Lawrence Murray from. Lawrence is cool, calm, collected. He's got a hell of a cannon. He's accurate. He can go on the biggest stage and win. He just did. Uh, he did yeah, exactly. Murray is an incredible talent. He's got a great arm. He's a better passer than you know <clears throat> a lot of guys out there right now. Uh, but his size concerns me. And then Fromm is an excellent talent again, but his accuracy uh, is a huge concern. I think that Murray is a better thrower than Fromm, although I think Fromm is a more prototypical quarterback as far as his stature and size goes right that's fair joe flacco ryan Tannehill, and mitch trubisky um none of them (laughs) (laughs) uh trubisky flacco Tannehill. Tannehill's not even a quarterback he's a wide receiver play quarterback he's also an aggie so get him the fuck out of here what what was the what was the list again uh uh trubisky flacco Tannehill. That's fair. Because there's again, there's only two quarterbacks on that list. Yeah. I. Although Tannehill is a cornerback, like I'm a cornerback. <laughs> uh, start bench cut. I thought this one was was interesting. Best athlete ever: Michael Phelps, Tom Brady, Usain Bolt. Phelps, Bolt, Brady. Phelps, Bolt, Brady. Yeah. That's well. Okay, here's the only reason why I say that. Hussein Bolt is really, really, really exceptionally good at, like, one race. Yeah. Phelps is really, really exceptionally good at, like, a series of races. He's really good at swimming. Yeah, just kind of in general. Yeah. Like, Hussein Bolt's not going to run the mile and a half, but, you know. Right. uh, Phelps will swim, like, long distance. And Tom Brady is. is not an athlete. He just stays in shape. 
Yeah, I could beat Tom Brady in a 40-yard dash. I mean, you could. But. Yeah, I think that 99% of the quarterbacks out there can throw the ball farther than Tom Brady right now. Okay, but to call him not an athlete, come on now. He's a He plays sports. He's an athlete in the <laughs> sense that he plays a sport. Okay, yes, he's still an athlete. It's yes. not like you can't call him an athlete. He's, like, he's close. He's <laughs> close. I'm an athlete because I play softball. Like, uh, uh, I mean, granted, he plays at the highest professional level. He's been doing it for a very long time. He's kept himself in great shape. But, like, you know, I think he and I have maybe, like, the same vertical. And I probably I seriously weigh, like, doubt that. That we have the same vertical. I seriously doubt that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Have you seen him jump? No, not at all. Yeah, never. But what what if he can't jump and he just doesn't need to? Yeah, I think he'd jump. I think he would. If you could, <laughs> you do. You do. Like, after 19 years or whatever long he's been playing in the pros, like, you're going to have to jump at some point. Okay, I don't think I'm, he can even leave the ground at this all point. All I'm saying is he is an athlete. He's barely an athlete. Of some kind. He's barely an athlete. Okay, still, he's an athlete. He pays. Then for, I'm an athlete. He plays professional football. Then I'm an athlete, too. Okay. If you want to call yourself that. Yeah, sure. if, if you want to call Tom Brady that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next one. Um, tennis. Roger Federer. Rafael Nadal. And Novak. I don't know. Djokovic. There you go. Djokovic, Federer, Nadal. I'm going to go Federer. Nadal. I'm going to go in that order. Federer and Nadal. And yeah, I don't know the other guy. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go with the people that I know first. <laughs> I don't know the other guy. I'm being I'm being honest. I think honest. the Joker's been number one for quite a while. Has he really? Yeah. Wow. That's what they call him, the Joker? Yeah. Well, at least that's what I call him. Okay. I have to look it up later. I have no idea who that is. Uh, fights. NFL. J.J. Watt and Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. I love Watt, but he's too damn nice. Yeah. I want to give it to Watt. I really do. But it's that point. He's, you know. He's fucking nice. He wouldn't want to fight. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. too nice of a dude. Yeah. Anyway. It's that easy. If you want to email on the show, just like Tyler does, you can. If we uh, don't want us to read it on the show, just let us know. But it's that easy. Show at gmail.com. Moving on with some highlights, shall we? Get at us. Highlights. <clears throat> so in some baseball news, Br- Bruce Boshi, if you don't know who Bruce Boshi is, uh, he's been. You're not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't like baseball, plain and simple. Um, he has been the head coach, the head coach. He's the manager of the San Francisco Giants for the past forever years. He's won three titles with them, and CC Sabathia also have announced that they are retiring after two, after the 2019 season. CC Sabathia. Oh, you know who else is retiring? Who's that? Uh, PSG. Or, uh, no, no, no. Uh, 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 yeah. 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 He is retiring. Isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. That's kind of sad. You talking about the MMA guy? Yeah. St. Pierre? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's retiring. Yeah. As well. I was just baseball, though. Um, so yeah, Bruce, just, uh, but talking about people retiring, I just saw him retiring, too. Yeah. He said he's going to, I saw yesterday that he was going to announce it uh, today. Yeah. So, we'll yeah. see when he's retiring. But For all of you MMA fans, uh, Paul, George St. Pierre is uh, ret- announcing his retirement. GSP, not PSG. That's Paris Saint Germain. That's a soccer team in France. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, I think I know what you're talking Whoops, about. That's my bad. It's all right. Uh, for the yeah, for those of you who don't know, Bruce Boshi has been a uh, was a player and coach. Um, mm-hmm. He played for the Astros, Mets, and Padres as a catcher. Catchers always make the best managers. Mm-hmm. Um, managed the Padres and Giants. He's won three th- three World Series with the Giants. He's been the- there for like what? More than 12 years, hasn't he? Oh, it's 96 or something like that? 90, yeah. 97 or something like that. Um, but he won in 2010 and 12. We're not going to talk about those years. And he also won in 14. Mm-hmm. Um, 
He was the NL Manager of the Year in 1996, and is uh, I thought this was interesting. Hmm. Career wins and loss record. Guess what it is? What I don't know. I bet he probably has more losses than wins. Yeah. Um, yeah. By like what fifty? It's not a lot, but fifty. Something around there. Plus or minus fifty. A thousand. A thousand nine twenty six wins to a thousand nine forty four losses. Hold on. He's got a four eighty eight. Run that back. How many wins? Uh, nineteen twenty six to nineteen forty four. 18, 20. Okay. So only 20. Only 20. Yep. So, yeah. So if he has a uh, season with a 21 plus, or I guess it's 18, but if he has a, you know, 18, yeah. 19 plus win record, then he can either finish at 500 or above 500 this year. Yeah. Let's hope he does. It'd be cool to see him go out on top like that. Yeah. Let's hope he does. Um, but yeah, see, he announced that he is retiring. CC uh, Sabathia, if you, again, if you don't like baseball and something is wrong with you, uh, he is. Um, he's been the. He's, he's been around forever. He's been a while. He's been around a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, pitcher. He's pitched for the Indians, mm-hmm. Brewers, and the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a 246 record, 246 to 153 career wins and losses, 3.7 career ERA, and 2,986 KOs. More impressively, though, he's been able to go through rehab and come out the other side. A better person. Yeah. 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 He had a pretty bad drinking problem there for a while. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, just um, some more stats, because I did the research and for you. Uh, <laughs> six-time All-Star. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about... No, no, yeah. no I know. Uh, six-time All-Star. <laughs> Sweet pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I got you. I got you. Let me caress your mind with stats. Well, I just... Yeah, because I was curious <laughs> myself, so... A six-time All-Star in 03, 04, 07, 10, and 12. Uh, 09 World Series champ with the Yankees. That was number 27, right? Mm, that was 27. Yes. That was the last yeah. time they won it. Yeah. Uh, 07 AL, AL Cy Young Award and the 09 AL CS MVP. Uh, and he's the two-time wins leader in the MLB in 09 and 10. Do these guys make the Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, probably. I think they both will. Yeah, yeah. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. I don't. I mean, yeah, I'm I think Bruce Boshi has to get in, and I think CC will get in as, as eventually. Yeah, I can see them both getting in. I can't see them like first ballot, but I can see them getting in. Right. Yeah. Of those two, I think Bochi would probably be a first ballot for sure. Yeah. I don't with know. It, they're both pretty fucking solid with his three with his three ti- three titles. Because was. Dominant for a hot minute. He was. Yeah, he was. yeah, he was. I think they'll both make it at some point. Yeah. Uh, Team LeBron. Just in case you're interested at all and you missed the All-Star Weekend, which was a joke, which has been a joke for the past couple of seasons now. Well, we think it's a joke. We think it's a joke. Other people do appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I can agree with that. Because, I mean, you're, what, eight points away from 350 points? Like, people like offense, and that's yeah. a Dick ton of offense. They, by the way, they would have got it if Steph Curry had made like five threes. Yeah. Which he shot like 20 of them. But you anyway, you need five. You only need like what, four? Something like that. But yeah. Three. You only need three of them. Yeah. Uh, Team LeBron came back from 20 to win the NBA All Star game. They were, like Alex just said, they were eight points away from scoring a combined 350, which we had a little bet to ourselves mm-hmm. about. Uh, and KD won the MVP because, of course, he did. Like you do. 
I'm still so conflicted. I want to root for KD because he went to the University of Texas. Same. But also, so like, like <sighs> you're such a dick. I want to like the guy. Yeah, same. But I just can't. You know, it's like. I just can't. It's not that I can't. It's just. It, you make it really hard to be likable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you make it really hard to like you. Yeah. With the things and the things that you do, you know? I imagine the Bay Area loves that cat. Yeah. You know? It's like, but like, eh. I mean, I totally respect him. I mean, respect yeah, I mean, him. Yeah. As, respect him as an athlete, as a player. You know, he's obviously where he is right now because of who he is. But right, since you make it really hard to like you, dude. Yeah, it, yeah, it's not, it's not fun. Yeah, um, Jay Cole performed at halftime. Yeah, he did. Not that that's sports related, but it was bad as fuck though. Yeah, it was. It was a good set. It was a good set. I like set, his uh, throwback Hornet jacket that he had on there. Yeah, that was dope. And he shouted out Twenty One Savage. Yeah, he did. Which everyone made a big deal about that yeah. I didn't quite get. But that's. Yeah, well. that, yeah. Do you know what's going on with Savage? I don't. He's in jail though, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, overstate his visa is what they're calling it. Technically, he was really. So he was born, I guess, in. Uh, England somewhere? somewhere was he really? Uh, yeah. I did not know that. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, born in England, came over here, and they're saying, you know, they he got picked up by ICE, and they're saying that, like, he overstayed his visa. Okay. So. Well, anyways, yeah. J. Cole's halftime performance was. And, like, was- Jay-Z hired an entire team of uh, lawyers to defend 21. Serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Everybody's like, that's such bullshit. <laughs> like, literally, everybody's like, that's, that's bullshit. <laughs> So everybody in the rap community, I guess. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, J. Cole was the highlight of the evening for me. So it was a good set. I think oh no. I was at a I was at the hangar when that I went I went to the hangar to watch. <laughs> yeah, that. you were, yeah. Yeah, that was good stuff. <laughs> that was fun. It was karaoke night. It was it? It was. Did you sing? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, no. Yeah. I only I have to be real drunk to decide to sing, and I have two songs. Two Pini Coladas by Garth Motherfucking Brooks. Oh yeah, Never. I got five on it. There you go. <laughs> Those are my go-to. Have you seen the new? Have you seen the new trailer for uh, for Jordan Peele's new movie? Uh, Us? Us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. He's yeah, got, he's they, got they that, that song in there. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to see that. It looks really good. It does. It looks right? fucking terrifying. It looks creepy. Oh my god, I want to watch it though. Yeah, I don't even like scary stuff, but I'm all about that one for some reason. We'll go watch it. Yeah. Uh, in other news, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed finally settled with the NFL in their collusion case. Big question lingering. Will Colin get another job in the NFL now? I think there's a much better chance that he will. <laughs> I think now that this quote unquote distraction is kind of out of the way, yeah. that teams will be more inclined. I think it's. I think he should have been able to get picked up anyway. I think he's a lot better than a lot of starting quarterbacks right now. Right. And I think that he gives a lot of teams a better chance to win than the starting quarterback that they have now. Right. But with all that going on, I can see where teams might think that could be a distraction to the clubhouse. Yeah. And potentially not want to sign him. So now that this is over, I think he has a better chance. Also, did you hear that the whole AAF thing was a, was fake? The $20 million thing was fake. I can believe it. I heard it. Yeah. But, yeah. And I can believe that. Yeah. That I, they offered him 20 million or no, sorry. They, he asked for 20 asked, million when yeah. everybody else is getting like not even one, not even yeah. a little bit. And I thought that was so fucking strange too. Cause I was like, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of what he's trying to do. Yeah. He's saying it's not about necessarily the money. It's about what's right. Right. What he believes to be right. Yeah. 
So I was like, I don't, I don't believe that. No. When it first came out, I was like, I don't think that's. They, yeah. They're missing the fucking point. And people were saying, go after. Oh yeah, go get your money. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, like, well, fuck you then. Go get. That's not really deal. why I'm he's like, in. That's not really why he's you know right. going after the NFL. Like shit, he got his money. Nike and him have a deal. He yeah. got his money. He he's has, fine. He has his money. He doesn't need the AAF. He doesn't need a job in the NFL right now. He's got his bank. Like he's fine. Yeah. Like, it's the point that he's trying to make that you guys are still fucking missing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, I really hope he does get another job, though. Same. I, w- I liked I liked him at Nevada. liked him in San Francisco. Like, I really like him as a quarterback. Yeah. So. he. I mean, I think he's proven himself that aside from all the BS that we have talked about. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think he's proven himself to be a, a good quarterback that can play in the National Football League. Absolutely. So why would a team not want him? You know? Yeah. Why the fuck would the Jags not want him? You really trust him, Blake Bortles? Really, really? <laughs> His lawyer actually came out and uh, he wasn't like promoting anything, but they mm-hmm. asked him like, do you see him getting signed again? And his lawyer was like, yeah, I can see him getting signed again. And he pointed to three teams. I, I think it was the Pats. Uh, the Jags might have been one of them and the, and the Panthers because apparently... Uh, I didn't know this, but Cam Newton is hurt. Yeah, he yeah he is. Yeah, I can see him going to the Panthers. I can see Miami needing a quarterback because Eric Reed didn't it didn't <clears throat> Reed sign with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So saying that's a, that's a yeah. natural fit. Miami needs a quarterback. I think it would be a good one for Buffalo to kind of him and Josh Allen to link up and kind of learn from each other. Well, mostly Josh Allen learned from Cap. Um, Panthers would be a good one. Um, let me think. The Jets could use a quarterback, although I know they're sold on. Uh, oh, what's his nuts up there? Um, Sam Darnold. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think that he's going to do it anytime soon. Um, be interesting to see him go to the Ravens and see him and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Kind of dual threat that yeah. position together. Um, Speaking of the Ravens, they traded uh, your boy Joe Flacco. To uh, oh, I know to, to the De- to Denver. To Denver. I think that was a good move on Denver. I mean, Joe Flacco is not a good quarterback, but I think he's better than Case Keenum. Um, <laughs> what? It's just funny. What? It's just funny. You know? How is that? Because <laughs> I was watching NFL, I was watching NFL Live, and they were talking about that, and they were basically like, they were saying that kind of this, around the same thing. It's like, yeah, it's a move. Yeah, exa- yeah, it's pretty a, much. It's a move. They did a thing. <laughs> like they did a thing. Yeah, like. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what I got. Like, yeah, they did stuff they, and such. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like you don't really upgrade or downgrade. Right. You just kind of like you just kind of grade. Do some shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we just want to try it out here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're gonna get rid of this, you know, C quarterback for like a C quarterback. So <laughs> anyway. Anyways. But yeah. So do I think he gets another job? Yeah. I hope so, man. I hope so. Yeah. I really do. Aside from all the BS. I would just fucking love to see him come back and win a Super Bowl with some team. Just like, fuck the NFL. That would be excellent. <laughs> okay. Commanders. Anyway. Commanders in week two. They lost to the Orlando. End of the highlights. End of the highlights. End of the highlights. End of the highlights. Commanders, though. How's, how, how's the game, man? Let's command this next Let's segment. command this next segment Let's command here. this sauce segment. Sauce. Getting saucy. So the commanders played the Orlando Apollo. Um, <coughs> Apollos. Apollos. Excuse me. Uh, there's more Apollo than one. Apollos? Apollo? There's, there's more than one. <laughs> um, and they ended up losing that game 37 to 29. Uh, of course, the Apollos are led by former quarterback uh, for the University of Texas, Garrett Gilbert. 
um, I was able to attend this game. I got to watch the second half of this game, and I have a few takeaways and a few personal <laughs> qualms. So the first thing I want to talk about was, number one, the attendance. There were over, I think, 29,000 people there. Which was excellent. Yeah. Um, I was like, super excited to see the city of San Antonio, the city of Orlando, whomever was coming out, coming out to support either one of these teams. Yeah. Um, they, I read somewhere that, you know, with these 29,000 people that there were two games for the San Diego Chargers that did not home games that did not have 29,000 people there. So we beat a NFL team in attendance in the second game. Well, what do you know? Yeah, right. Surprise! But what although do you know? the Chargers historically have had a really bad fan base, like still that's, that's the NFL. New. Still nothing new though. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, another big one that I took away was the defense for both of these teams were outstanding. There were pick sixes, there were uh, sack strips, um, there were. Uh, three and outs, four and outs. Like it was a, it was a defensive battle. Although the game ended up being a pretty high scoring affair for both sides, the defense scored two or three of these touchdowns. I mean, it it was it was really, really cool to see how well these defenders are developing in the short amount of time that they've had to be together as a team. Right. Um. You know, uh, it, it, it was tough for the commanders. It really was. Their secondary was getting picked on. The Apollo has an excellent downfield passing attack. You saw it coming. You knew it was happening, and then they did it anyway, and mm-hmm. they did it well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it was, it, I mean, overall, it was a great game. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I can say is that, you know, the, the commanders, in my opinion, were having a little bit of trouble sustaining drives. Um, they would, you know, maybe get one first down, two first downs, and then give the ball right back. Uh, you know, they had to punt a lot of the second half. I think, you know, most of their, their, their touchdowns came in the first half and then also came off of defensive plays. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, with the increase in scoring from the commanders, you're going to start seeing that they're getting better and better on offense. And I agree that they are. Okay. They are progressing in a, in a pretty steady rate. I think, um, you know, go, going going in a, in a positive direction. I think that the Apollo right now are maybe just a little bit better coached. I think they have some better players. I think that Spurrier has done a great job taking this team of new guys and creating something out of nothing. I think he had to do that a lot in college. Um, and so I think that's, that's, that's proving itself to be valuable in this new league. Um, but I think the things are still looking up for the commanders. Like you can't count the commanders, although yeah. they lost this game. I think... You know they're 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 gonna get better. They have promising players in the wide receiver positions, the quarterback position, the running back position. Uh, their front seven is fucking dominant. I mean, even still, these guys were getting to right. Gabbert, you know what I'm saying? I mean, or Gilbert, excuse me. Like it was it was impressive to watch. <clears throat> and the one of the big things is that the. <laughs> I'll get into. It. Are you getting? Are you I'll get getting? there. So one of the big things that I noticed and I really appreciated was just how many. Just football fans were there. Were there. People who wanted to see football. Just to go see football. Because the thing was, is I saw a lot of jerseys that were not commander's jerseys. I saw Chiefs jerseys. I saw UTSA, UT, Texas State, Cowboys, Texans. I saw some Jaguars. And then to my fucking disgust, (laughs) completely surrounded by... 
fucking Saints fans screaming at the top of their stupid lungs. Who that? As if you don't fucking know who it is. I hate Saints fans. They're screaming. They're starting to throw shit. They're like, who dat? I'm like, it's on the scoreboard, asshole. <laughs> like, that's who dat is. Like, oh, God, I don't like. For those of you who know me, you know that I'm a huge Falcons fan. And if you don't know, Falcons and Saints are rivals. And if you were to go to any of the Falcons pages that I follow, you will see that we do not like the Saints. <laughs> or as we so affectionately refer to them as the Aints, because they ain't shit. So <laughs> I'm having to sit there and I'm with, you know, I'm, I'm with my friend. And uh, I'm having to sit there and not just turn around and be like, who dat? How'd you feel losing in the fucking playoffs? I and just turn around or just some stupid shit. Cause they were sitting there like, who dat? And I'm like, who dat? Let me guess. Y'all Saints fans. Yeah. We Saints fans. Yeah. Y'all ain't shit. Like just the whole time I want to stand up and just start screaming shit. I bet you did. Yeah. I mean, I was a few Dosakis in and I was ready to fight somebody. <laughs> like I was ready to go. How much were the, how much were the dose? Oh, fuck too much. Uh, it was too much. Yeah. They like their money out there, but I mean, like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know? It's, you're going to go to the games and you're going to drink and you're going to drink like this ah. is you can't help it. You can't. But OK, like I said, overall, great game. Don't set in section 200 because <laughs> there's a lot of Saints fans and you'll have a terrible fucking time. Um, but well, overall, you're going to have a terrible time. OK. Yeah, okay. I got five on it. You're going to have a bad time. You got five on it. I do. I do. They're just and they. Uh, uh, I don't even talk about it anymore. OK. But anyway. Yes, go check out the Commanders. The game was exciting. It was fun to watch. You don't miss the kickoffs. There's a lot of action. There's great football being played on both sides. There's great players, great coaches. Like, it's fun to watch. I highly recommend watching and going to a Commanders game, drinking some Dos Equis if you want to, how was the, and trying to avoid Saints fans. How was the in-game entertainment? Was it, like, any contests and all that BS? Not as much, no. no? Be, and I think the reason is is because there's shorter turnaround times for everything. That would make sense. Because there's no kickoffs, there's no, you know what I'm saying? That would make sense. So, yeah, I, I don't think that they need as much of that. Yeah. Um, although I did hear that the AAF needed like a 200 and, or 25 or whatever, $250 million. $250 or $250 million loan yeah. from uh, the... Canes. Yes. The guy who runs Kane, who's now going to be a chairman of that, which I think is not. He's the chairman of their board now. Yeah, which doesn't make sense to me. But here's some money. Run our company. I'm like, what? How does that? But okay, whatever. Whatever you got to do to keep yourself afloat, I guess. Yeah. But hopefully they don't have to run into that problem again. Hopefully that they can continue doing what they're doing. And I hope that everything goes well for the AAF. Yeah. Um, but and it's it's tough. It's tough. Starting yeah, I mean, is tough. Dude, starting a new. You're starting a new league. Yeah, it's you're tough. gonna run into those problems. It's yeah. just gonna happen. Yeah, you know. So I'm just glad that there was somebody there who could help. get them out of that hole. Exactly. Yeah, help. Yeah. So, anyway, moving on. We're moving. We're going to a game, and it'll be fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just don't. Just if we're near Saints fans, let's just move. Okay. Okay. I'm good with that. Because I'll I'll fucking fight somebody. <laughs> I don't want to see that. So. Yeah. And he's wearing that. St- <sighs> <laughs> Whatever. Hey, were there any um, were there any big things that just happened recently? Um, like anybody not worth uh, a lot of money get anybody signed not for worth a, fucking three hundred million dollars get signed for a lot of money. Yeah, for ten years, three hundred million dollars, basically making sixty one thousand bucks a game. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Fucking Manny Machado. Just in case you did not know and hear, and because 
you just don't like sports, but for some reason you're here listening to us. Hey, thanks. But uh, Manny Machado, who has been a lifelong Baltimore Oriole and played for the Dodgers. I was like up until recently when up he went until to recently. the and then, uh, was a rental for the Dodgers and and lost the World Series swinging. But well, he did, he's not the reason they lost the World he's not Series, the reason but they, he was the last He was the last out when he went yeah. out swinging. So. At least Sorry. he went down swinging. I'm not though. trying to take shots. I'm, I'm just... Well, no, but, I'm just, but for the people who didn't watch the yeah, World Series, who didn't get to see as much of it, he did not single-handedly lose. He didn't the, single-handedly lose. But he was the last out. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Manny Machado signed for 10 years worth $300 million to the San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, I guess. Yeah, it's not a bad pickup for the Padres. I mean, I mean, they locked down a third baseman unless he really wants to play... Uh, short short and then which kind of sucks for tatis jr who played for the missions for a very long time mm-hmm. um and is like the number two overall prospect in all of minor league baseball yeah um <laughs> i think really the only person that loses in this could be tatis jr i don't see any reason why anybody else would lose i think the padres picked up a solid player Almost a 300 batting average. Great glove in the field. Not a leader, but a solid player. But you don't need a leader. You have Eric uh, Hosmer. Hosmer at first base there. You know who you also there. have? Hmm. I just le- like literally saw this this morning when I was uh, getting ready. Guess who just signed with the Padres? Hmm. Ian Kinsler. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, like, yeah, that was yeah. news to me. I was like, what? Yeah, I saw that a couple days ago. Yeah. Ian Kinsler, former Ranger, for those of you who don't know who, and he just former won the asshole for the Rangers. And he just won the World Series with the Red Sox, has signed with the San Diego mm-hmm. Padres, and he will play second base for them because mm-hmm. he's good. Uh, yeah. He's good. He's okay. He's good. He's average. Okay. He was good for the Rangers. He was. And then he was okay for the, the Tigers. And he, then, didn't ha- he didn't have a great World Series. No, he didn't. But he's yeah. okay. Yeah, he's okay. He's um, not a bad dude to have, but there's a lot of upgrades. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, again, five, ten years ago, sure, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, he's a fucking stud. Yeah. Like, get him in the lineup. Yeah. But, and then when he left and talked all that shit about the Rangers. I wasn't a fan of that. <sighs> well, it wasn't about the Rangers. It was mostly about JD. It was about the fans. Was it really? Yeah. He I, trashed everybody. Wow. Yeah. Like he was not, he did not like being in Texas. I guess. Okay. Well, hey. But, meh. but Hamilton did the same thing though. He did. And then his career just tanked. God, man, that's like so fast that's too. A, that was like, a damn, so fast. It was a damn shame, dude. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I really wanted to see him continue so, to play well. So talented. Yeah. And then Could, just, just what I never liked about Josh though was he was not a patient hitter at all. Not that he needed to be. Right. But, I mean, because he could, it looks like he barely swung and he hits the ball 400 feet. Yeah, more, oh my God, that dude was a monster. At, yeah, no. But I just never liked how he was a, he was an impatient uh, hitter. Like fair. he was always, he was, he swung at anything in the zone, which, I mean, it's fair though. It's I mean, fair. a lot of guys do that. Yelich even admitted that he does that. But he's like, yeah, I just go out there and start swinging. Yeah, I mean, you know it, what I'm saying? It doesn't Like hurt. a lot of guys do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyways, that's another news. Yeah. But yeah, so Manny Machado gets signed to the to the San Diego Padres. In my opinion, he'll probably play third. They'll bring up Tatis Jr. They'll put him at short because what a great combo. You know what I'm saying? And you think they compete for a wild card in two or three years? I do. I think if because they have a couple of really good pitchers in the minor leagues right now. You bring up one, you get him some playing time. You see what he can do. You sign another starter. Like you get a couple of pieces, not big, just. A couple of pieces. Yeah. And then you have Kensler with experience, 
Hosmer with experience, Machado with experience, Myers, who's a solid talent, mm-hmm. who's also getting more, getting more and more experience, and mm-hmm. he's getting better and better overall. Tatis Jr., the number two prospect in all of baseball. That's a solid infield. Yeah, I don't see any reason why you don't start to turn things around the culture of that organization around. Yeah. And when you change a culture, you change the outcome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like you're going to get better because you're playing better. You know what I'm saying? I know it sounds like elementary or, you know, yeah. like, but it's true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if you start to do better, your expectations rise, your mentality rises, your expectations rise, mm-hmm. and then you feel better. And then because you're feeling better, you play better. Yeah. You know? That's fair. So, yeah, I think in... Give it three, four years, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, three, four years, they're going to be kind of... And my compar- my best comparison is kind of like the Rockies. Okay. Where they're like, yeah, you guys should make the playoffs. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe. They made the wild card. They did. You know what I'm saying? So I can see that happening. Yeah. I can see them making the wild card. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Do I see them winning out the division? Mm, Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. I think the Rockies could do that before they could. It's all about pitching, man. It's like the Rangers. Yeah. It's all about being able to... To get there, you need a pitching staff. You just do. You just got to be able to control the bleeding. You got to be able to control the bleeding. Which you need to have a pitching staff. Even then, I don't think you have to have the best pitching staff on the planet. You don't. You know what I'm saying? I think you have to have a pitch, but every... You know, most people have a pitching staff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think you just have to have, in my opinion, you have to have relievers. Yeah. You have to have a back-end bullpen. You know what I'm saying? The starters are like, eh. You know what I'm saying? As long as they don't give up like 9, 10, 12 runs. Yeah. That's all you can ask. Like, I think as long as you have people who can make sure that. I mean, the average starter these days is going five or six. and I think it was like five and two-thirds. Five and two-thirds? Yeah. I think they said that was the average last year. It was like five and two-thirds. That's crazy. It saves the arm. I don't mind it. I mean, it's it's, just different. It just feels like Scherzer, uh, Verlander, Kershaw. There's like less than five. You can name them all with less than one hand that are going or only throwing complete games these days or trying to throw complete games. But on the flip side, think about how many guys that you know that you can think of have had Tommy John. That's true. Because they don't have a pitching cap because they get in there and throw. High velocities for 120 pitches. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Because they're trying to ride their coattails to another victory. Yeah. Because they need just one more to make the playoff. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't mind it so much. Again, I go back. My biggest thing is I wonder, because did you hear that Harper is now letting the Padres match the Phillies? They're, he's giving them the chance to match the Phillies? No way. Yeah. What's the Phillies offer? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay. But, yeah, basically... Harper could also then land in San Diego, and then you would have Myers and Harper in the outfield. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but they have the cap space to do it. Who else do they have on that team? That's true. I mean, you just signed somebody to a 10-year, $300 million contract. Like, you got the money for it. And at some point, if you don't want X, Y, or Z, just trade them somewhere. Because they're going to have less money and less years on a contract, and the team will be more inclined to pick that up than they would be to offer a 10-year, $300 million. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. That's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can't even imagine. Oh, God. Like, what the fuck? What do you do with 62000 in one day? Like, what do you do with it? You go to McDonald's a lot. <laughs> 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 I got nothing. I have no idea. 
buy new recording equipment, I guess. Yeah. Like a whole studio, just buy a studio, I guess. That'd be nice. Right? I don't know. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Oh, man. Oh, God. I didn't. Well, yeah, I just saw that this morning, too, that the Padres were still in, still in for Harper, too. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah, I still think he's going to the Phillies. I really do. Same. Really I do. think he's going to the Phillies, which will make the Phillies a really interesting team. Same. With Nova, with Nova, Harper, um, that infield is ridiculous. That center fielder is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, Real Muto at catcher. Like, that's a good fucking team. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, real quick. Hey, this season, let's make sure to check out our friends at Baseballism. This baseball season, uh, yeah, go check out Baseball. They're an all-baseball-related apparel and clothing company for baseball people. If you love baseball, you should be wearing Baseballism. It's America's brand, the official off-the-field brand for baseball. And while you're there, use the promo, use coupon code uh, AA Sports, our initial sports, for a 15% discount off your order. If you're not ready to order, go follow them on Instagram and all the socials. They're very active with new releases every day. Uh, they just released a new Babe Ruth collection, which is awesome, and I'm a, I will be buying a shirt. They released some boxers, and yeah. I'm going to buy some of those. Yeah, they did. <laughs> not a fan. Just not a fan of any, yeah. any of the designs, but uh, yeah. But um, yeah. I thought it was something hilarious. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> baseballism.com. Baseball, baseballism is baseball ISM. Uh, go check them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you so laughing about? <laughs> I'll tell you later. Oh, shit. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Uh, no, I'll tell, you later. It's, I'll tell you later. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so this week, we are uh, bringing to you guys another interview. Um, and I'm really excited about this interview again. Um, we were lucky enough to interview a couple of my good friends, uh, one of whom lives in Colorado, one of whom who lives in uh, Spain right now. Uh, it is Dwight and Ellen. Dwight is a basketball coach up in uh, Wyoming, and then Ellen is a professional basketball player there in Spain. Um, and so we got to sit down with them and talk about all different kinds of things about, uh, you know, positionless basketball and, you know, some of their favorite coaching moments, some of their favorite playing moments, and uh, just a whole bunch of different insight just kind of on the basketball world as a whole. So without uh, further ado, let's uh, jump into it. Right on. So I'm so excited about this, everybody. Um Two of my uh, favorite people in the world, two of my old roommates. Uh, I have Dwight and Ellen on the phone with us. Uh, both of these guys have extraordinary sporting careers. I'm so excited to get them onto the phone. Um, how you guys doing? Pretty good. Good morning. Top of the morning to you guys. How are you all? Not bad. Very top of the morning. I'll top of the morning what. to you, man. Thanks, <laughs> for, thanks for giving us your time this morning, dude. Well, Absolutely. Thank you guys for reaching out. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So, Ella, what time is it over there for you? Right now, oh, it is 4.30 here in Spain. Jesus. P.M.? In the afternoon, right? 4.30 p.m. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, wow. So morning for us, and then good afternoon to you, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> What's the weather like over there? How's it feel? Well, right now, it's raining and windy, so I'm staying inside all day. There yeah, you go. Absolutely. Hey, not a bad plan. I would not be leaving the house. I'd rather have it yeah. than snow. Oh, my God. Oh, I was about to say, is it still snowing up there? Yes, it's so bad. Oh, dog. <laughs> Especially having to drive around everywhere? Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a long commute. It's going to yeah. be a long commute today, fellas. <laughs> cool. So, all right, so, guys, uh, so first question for you, um, you know, just to let our listeners kind of get to know you a little bit better. Um, we'll let Ellen go first, and then Dwight, if you want to answer after her. So I wanted to ask you guys to tell me a little bit about your sporting background. Um, you know, has basketball always been your main love? You know, were there any other sports for you guys that you played growing up? Um, 
you know, where, where did where did basketball take a hold of you guys? Uh, so just kind of the general sporting background. Uh, well, for me, it was pretty obvious that basketball um, was the sport that I loved. It's been in my family. Both my parents played. I have two older siblings that played. So I've always been in the gym since I was new- newborn, basically. So it's <laughs> it's really... I feel like it's in my blood to play basketball. And I tried soccer, but I quit after one practice. <laughs> I think I did the same so, thing. I think I did you love it. I, I know. Can see, I can see that. There's just a lot of running involved, and I'm not about that. So you just like watching. Yeah, and I think one practice, I caught it with my the, the practice. I, I caught it with my hands, and I was like, no, I, I can't do this. I got <laughs> to play basketball. That's too funny. Right on. <laughs> what about you, big dog? What about you, man? Oh, gosh. Um, I guess I would say that basketball, for me, really wasn't number one. Um, really? Being from Nebraska, obviously everybody knows it's the Cornhusker State, and football is the big thing. So when I was growing up, I actually was kind of leaning towards football, and it was kind of a decision around high school. Um, it was either go and play receiver. I was had a couple offers as far as football and then kind of switched. I had my first injury around my sophomore year in high school and I said, okay, enough of that. <laughs> I'm just not going to stick to basketball. And when me and my brother really, really started to take it serious, I kind of just wanted to follow that path and I just stuck with it. It was one of those things. So, I mean, I really, really, really loved football before though, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's better than growing up in Where'd you Nebraska get offers from? country and Northern Iowa. I had a partial from Kansas. And then, God, where was the last school? Oh, no, those are the two. Those are the two. And I think Northern Iowa was like a weird type of Division Two, like weird conference or whatever they had. They right. still might be in the same type of thing. But, yeah, I think they're, they were before, I think, Northern Colorado went Division One. So same conference, you can probably look that up. Not even sure what it was at the time, but yeah, those nice, are my two. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah, and growing up yeah, in Nebraska, man. that's a big football state. I remember oh, yeah. anytime that UT and Nebraska yeah. would play, that was that was a tough game. Yeah, 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 yeah. In a while. Here, go big red everywhere. I, that, I feel like they everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, because they uh, the, when they exited the Big Twelve to go to the Big Ten, and Texas beat them on the way out too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I remember that on a field goal too. <laughs> Because those are the kind of things hey, that I hey, remember. Hey, enough, yeah. enough, enough of the Texas <laughs> talk. <people>. Enough. <laughs> Can you blame us, though, man? <laughs> I go, okay. I'll start up myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, um, so Dwight, this is uh, this one's for you. Alex told me you're uh, you're fairly into the your coaching career, correct? Are you like first or second year? Where like where are you right now? Um, first first year collegiate coach. Uh, I guess I'd say second year coaching all together. Um, I actually was down at um, Adam City um, High School, which is in Commerce City, Colorado. I did that. Um, I think I was living with Alex at the time when I was. That's right. Yeah, you were. That. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I started doing that one, and then I started. Um, doing trainings the year after for it was power to play sports at the time but now it's react fast hoops um with marty bertoletti a really big name in colorado and then terrell hughes with that eddie hughes played for the nuggets and the utah jazz back in the day and i've been doing training stuff with them and then 
Got a call from Tim Moser, who was actually Ellen's old um, assistant coach at CSU, and he was going back to the men's side and got me up to Eastern Wyoming College. So that's where I'm at now and first year into it. So helping with the men and the women. There you go, Oh, man. man. So you get to coach both teams? Whew. And that's where the headache lies. <laughs> that's where the headache lies, fellas. <laughs> that's yeah, it's, tough. It's, it's, it's an amazing time. But, yeah, it's a great experience getting me kind of introduced to college basketball but from both sides, both perspectives, girls and boys, and kind of seeing which one kind of fits my personality of coaching. So. That's tough, man. <laughs> well, congratulations on getting that job, by the way. I don't know if I ever uh, told you that, but that's a job well done, man. Thank you. Nice thank job. you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Ellen. Uh, so this will be a question kind of directed for you. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong. You've played for the Swedish national basketball team, correct? Yes. Okay. So tell me a little bit about that. What's that like? You know, having your home country's name on your jersey. That's gotta be. That's gotta be tough. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. So um, how it works is, I played with them since I was under 18. So you have under 15, under 16 under 18 and under 20 and then you have the senior national team which is like the where the best players play so okay. i played uh, under 18 under 20 european championships and now we're, we actually just qualified for um, the european championships for the seniors so that's nice. where i'm hoping i'm gonna make the team this summer to play with there them. you go and how do you how does how does how do you qualify to make the team? Is it like a tryout? Is it like they just kind of see what your stats have been, you know, throughout the year? Or how does that work? So I played with them the last um, year and a half, two years. Um, so by now they kind of know who I am as a player. Mm-hmm. But uh, usually they bring out about fifteen, fourteen to fifteen players in every camp, mm-hmm. and then when we play the games, they take out twelve people. So they cut three or three or four people okay four nice mm-hmm. and so when's this new camp come up um it's probably gonna be in the end of may and then the championships are uh end of june so they have like a month to figure out who they want okay the nice well in advance good luck with that <laughs> yeah seriously well thank you thank you i yeah. mean it's always an honor to play for your national team obviously and it's it's really fun because you play with I mean, the best players of your country. Right. So it's it's really it's really an amazing opportunity. Fair enough. Is there any difference between playing like pro and then playing for the country? Um. Yeah. So when you play pro, you play. Um, so like for me, I play in Spain and I play against other pros in Spain mm-hmm. only. But when you play for a national team, you play just other countries. So you play. I, I feel like it's always an extra level of competitiveness when you go and play for your country and you play other countries i think it's just that pride um that just brings people to the next level right okay yeah that makes sense absolutely right on hold on we'll get our next question lined up here oh yeah good right there yeah okay uh so dwight this one's for you man um so, I mean, fairly into the fairly new into the, your coaching career. Um, what's been the most rewarding part of it for you so far, as far as coaching it, coaching in general? What's been the most rewarding part for you? Um. Wow. Um. Well, I guess with my um, individual training background, being able to have the time and space with a junior college of 
having the gym open whenever you want, having multiple players from both teams coming to you requesting individual workouts. And once you start to do certain things and throughout this long slash short year that's already went by and seeing them start to do the moves and the little different things that we work on and just the communication things. Cause one weird thing we have is we have about six girls on our girls team from Spain <laughs> and the communication barriers and just the small breakdowns that we kind of work on and see them actually performing it. That's probably one of my biggest rewards. I think my actual biggest reward is the life conversations. These are young men and women trying to figure out their next spot and next place in life. And it's just those small conversations about family. I mean, I've shared numerous conversations about my experience with my dad and trials and tribulations, and it's about kind of fighting adversity. I mean, these are junior college kids. Usually and typically they're there for a reason. Something's happened between grades or family life or some type of hardship or, hey, maybe they're just not sought after or looked at. Maybe there's somebody that's from a different country and they just didn't get the exposure. It's just small conversations that we have and to see them actually start to get through it and change attitudes and be positive, that's probably my biggest reward, just in the small year. I mean, just being around these kids and getting to know them, their families. And, I mean, that's 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 my big one out of it, man. It just, it's, it, it's something that a coach did for me one day. Coming out of Omaha and Division One coach comes to me and says, hey, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pay for your education, but I'm going to help you grow as a person. And I keep those same relations with Coach Miles and, Nico Medved, who's the head coach of CSU now, and we just talk about stuff in life that he's helping with. I mean, I, <laughs> that's, that's just something I can't get back, man. I mean, seriously, it is. Right on, man. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's awesome. Um, so you kind of you kind of uh, b- went into another question that we had, but uh, if you can expand on him a little bit more. Oh, my bad. No, that's <laughs> perfect. It was, no, that was a perfect answer, dude. Um, so you talked about building relationships with your players and and why it's important. You know, can you expand on that a little bit more? As far as like, you know, that's the, that's kind of a, that's kind of the rewarding part of it for you is having those live conversations and trying to figure out, you know, these young women's um, their next chapters in life, where they're, you know, wherever that's going to be, whatever it's going to be. Um, can you expand on that a little bit more? Why why it's why it's so important for you to build those relationships? Um. This is just a big thing that we've talked about from the beginning of the year with our players that regardless, it's about relationships in life. I mean, my old boss when I used to work at Heath Construction, a guy named Randy DeMario, he used to tell me those same things when I talked about trying to build and do things like with Ella, like being there at her games and going for my work and being there for her and going to see her in Sweden and just different things to build our relationship. And I started to take that with me and see my surroundings. Everybody that I hang out with in Colorado, the people that I go home to, back home, besides my friends that I've had from five, six, ten years old, they've been basketball friends. They've been people within a sport that I met that I kept a great relationship with. And then I just see that go on. We do like a little scrimmage or something. It's my brother and it's my old teammates that come out and check my teams. If we want to do a big workout with a couple kids in Colorado or in the community, I mean, Terrell Hughes. The guy I used to train or used to train with. He was my old teammate. I mean, Kaipo, I mean, Will. I mean, you got to think. Alex, we live with one of my old teammates. Yeah. Like, and I mean, Terrell was there thing. enough. He was like another roommate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got that right. 
But, I mean, it's just that basis that I think about. And when it comes to these kids, I have to tell them, like, hey, it might be junior college. This might be two years. But think about where all you're from. I mean, we got three or four or five kids on our guy's side from Seattle. We got another kid from Texas. We got two kids from Sweden. We got another kid from Brazil. And then we talk about the girl side. We got kids from Wyoming, about six kids from Spain, other kids from different places. I've even went and recruited two girls from Ellen City uh, in Spain. And oh, man, that's when tough. you think about it, all of a sudden we might we might have one kid that he might not have a basketball career, but he might want to be a doctor. He might want to have a law firm or something like that when he gets older. What happens when he wants to expand within his business to Brazil one day? Who do you think his connection is going to be? <laughs> I mean, who do you think? What what happens when one of our kids makes it in a different state or goes to a college and all of a sudden he plays professional basketball in Sweden and he had two teammates from there? It's just those things that you continue to expound on and build on. It. That's where the relationship part comes in. Right on, man. It. Plus, it makes it enjoyable. Nothing in life is enjoyable. If you're doing it by yourself, you might have all these goals and aspirations. You get to that point to where if you're doing it lonely, it doesn't mean a damn thing. Who do you have to share the moment with? And that's just part of the relationship process. <laughs> it could be a woman. It can be whatever it is. But if you get to that point to where you can do it with those teammates and share the stories and the times and like those hardships I talked about, the trials, the adversity. If you're doing it with a good group of people, you're going to be able to look back on it. And all the people, we, we used to be the young people making fun of the old guys at the gym. When I was back in high school and blah, blah, blah well, now I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I get it. I get it. And if you have that group of people you can sit there and do it with, man, it's, it's, it's nothing like it. It's just, it's just a great good. time to reflect on. And then to continue to build upon going further. You just never know what you end up with, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. You hit it on spot. <laughs> So, Ellen, for you, um, kind of on the flip side, he's talking about building relationships as a coach. But for you, playing with your national team uh, and, you know, going coming over here to the U.S. and playing collegiate ball, um, is it how is important? How is important or how important is it for you as a player? Um, I know you can't speak for all players, but how is it important for you as a player to build a relationship with a coach? Or do you, is that something you're trying to do or, or even teammates really? Yeah. You teammates really too. You're yeah. With your professional team traveling all the time. I imagine that you're with them 80% of your, 80% of your time. Yeah. Um, I would say for sure the teammates relationships are the ones that stick with you probably for the rest of your lives. Like I have teammates from when I was first playing basketball when I was five years old that I talked to till this day. And now I have teammates I have teammates all over the world, which is so, so cool. And, I mean, at the end of the day, basketball, it is just a sport. But, I mean, what you take from it is is the relationships and especially the ones with your teammates that you share most of the day with, especially in college. I mean, you go, uh, like, with Ellie, my roommate that was also from Sweden. Um, oh, yeah, how's we she doing? The, we were in the dorms together. So we lived together. We were inseparable and I mean Dwight can <laughs> say that too as oh, well uh, I mean he did everything <laughs> together <laughs> I'm staying out of this one how is Ellie by the way <laughs> yeah but I think um, for sure those relationships are the ones that you're going to remember I don't think I mean of course I'm going to remember basketball because I love basketball but it's brought to me so many uh, people in my life that I'm going to cherish forever yeah, no, absolutely. How's Ellie doing, by the way? Is she good? 
She's good. She's also in Spain playing, so we're actually playing against each other. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's different. Yeah, but, you know, I, miss, I miss having her as my roommate. Oh, for sure. I can see that. All right, Dwight, we got this one for you real quick. Um, so, you know, as a coach, Alrighty. you know, I know you, like you were saying that, you, you know, you have these live talks, you really connect with your players. Um, you know, you said one of the most rewarding parts is when you see these players uh, develop these better habits, this communication, um, you know, things of that nature. So what for you is one of the most important lessons that you try to instill in all of your players, whether that be high school or the collegiate level? Uh, self-discipline. Self-motivation and self-discipline. Those are just two huge ones. And I guess number two, just fighting through adversity. I continue that thing, but as a young person, you usually think you know it all. <laughs> we've all Wait, you're telling we, me I don't know it all? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> we've all been there. Right? We've, we've all been there. We've been the young person that we leave our parents' house and we got our own place and we think we got it all figured out and when something hits you, you just don't know how to respond. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I go to the biggest deficit in my life of losing my father. And, I mean, that was the hardest time of my life. Right in the smack dab middle of my college career. And it's just trying to get young people to, once they hit that roadblock, to hit the ground running. To actually get back up and keep fighting. I mean, that is just... It's a huge component because you just never know, especially in a junior college town, away from family. You can be, think about Ellen. What if she was in Torrington, uh, however many thousand miles, hundred miles away from sleep? Yeah. <laughs> you're not eating your food. Yeah. You're not with family. All you can do is have a phone conversation and you can't even be there. And right. it's just about how to respond to those things. And it could be something as simple as class. I mean, these kids might might be from an inner city or something in Baltimore, and their curriculum is a probably a lot different than what they're going to be at the junior college level in Wyoming. And it's about they interact with the teachers and the the social things going on. I mean, it's just about seeing adversity and handling in the most positive way they can. I mean, just bouncing back, and then just being able to not as young people. Obviously, we got phones, you got social media, you got all these different dumb distractions. Just start to be creative. And like I said, have your own like self-motivation. You don't always have to have somebody <laughs> pushing you and making you get out of that comfort zone or get to your own next level. Sometimes it's going to have to come with, from within. And I think a lot of times, with, I mean, even me as a trainer, guilty thing, I talk to coaches about this. And a lot of these kids just don't have creative ability anymore. They're not creative. They're not thinking for themselves. Everything is placed. Or there's instant gratification with this and that. And sometimes you just got to be able to improvise and figure things out on your own. Really start to become your own person. So those, I guess, are the two big aspects I'd say I'd push. <clears throat> right on, man. Uh, Ellen, this one's for you. Um, so... As someone who's played uh, collegiately in here in the U.S. and playing for and and you've also played um, for your national team, uh, what can you tell us about some of the biggest differences differences between playing between those two, between playing internationally for your overseas team, as well as playing overseas or playing um, uh, collegiately in the U.S.? What are the what are some of the biggest differences for you? Um, 
Um, I would say just overall in college, everything is very, um, like they monitor you, like, and everything you do, kind of like the practices, they're, you know, every minute you have, like, they put up on the board, okay, now we have this drill for eight minutes, now we have this one for four minutes, and here we just kind of play, like, it's, it's very, very different styles of basketball, even, like, on the court, um, I would say in America it's more role-based, so you play your role, and you know your role, and you don't do anything outside of that, and then for some players, maybe they have a green light to do whatever, but for most players, you have your role that you do. Whereas in Europe, it's more kind of like a more freer style of basketball, I would say, which can be both good and bad. I would say, I mean, both of them has their um, positive and, and negative things, but I don't know. It is very different. And also I would say right now um, over here is more physical for sure. Really? Yes. But I think that has more to yeah. do with the level of the refs you are allowed to do so much more um like rebounding here is a war it's not you know in college you can get an over-the-back foul very easily whereas here i haven't seen one call this whole year or last year wow yeah that's intense i didn't i didn't even think about that i didn't think the about physicality either. overseas yeah. i just kind of assumed that it would be kind of blanketed as far as yeah how the rules were called i mean but it, actually, I remember talking to Dwight a while back about um, <clears throat> I was watching some overseas game. Or no, excuse me. I was watching Christmas Day. I was watching uh, the Lakers and Golden State, and Rondo flopped like really badly. Like he was really bad. I don't even think he touched him, and he just kind of fell down and acted like somebody broke his leg or something. That sounds like Rondo. Yeah, right. And I was talking to <laughs> Dwight about... Um, you know, because you know his, his brother plays internationally. You know, Ellen plays internationally. If he noticed a difference between like flopping and those kind of like finesse moves, also, you know, overseas versus here, which I found interesting to her answer because she was saying it's more physical. Mm -hmm. But Dwight was saying, "Because do you remember that conversation, Dwight?" Yeah, um, the spectrum has switched. Honestly, guys, um, if we think back from when I was probably around high school and you started to see like the Dirks come into the. NBA and the style of play, the overseas players were actually seen as the softer kids and the softer players. But the way basketball is going, they want more points. They want more excitement. So they take away hand checks, some of the physicality with posting up, the different things, and it's switched in the United States. Now in Europe, they're also prepping their kids because there's such a load of European kids or overseas kids coming to the States. It's almost like they're prepping them to come for that old landscape of American basketball, the tough, the physicality, the individuality. And, it's again, it's completely switched. I mean, I watch Ellen's games. I watch my brother's games, and it's a war. I sit here and I coach the junior college games. I watch NCAA basketball, and it's just hard to watch. Like, it's hard to watch. Like, it, 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 it's, it's a call every second. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a lot of points. It's exciting and it's dunks, but it's just, it's not what even I'm used to. I remember when the rules changed when I was a sophomore in college, and I went from averaging about one foul a game and being a defensive stopper to barely being able to play. <laughs> but I mean, they changed yeah, the handshake rules. That's what I've been saying, too. If I went back to college now, I think I'll be fouled out in two minutes. <laughs> Dang, that bad, huh? Yeah. Yes. 
Fair enough. Spectrum has changed. It's 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 weird to see, but hey, you go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you guys this. So, you know, it's kind of a, a, a dual question for both of you. So, Dwight, what's the most challenging part, in your opinion, about coaching? And then, Ellen, you know, what's the most challenging part about playing overseas? We'll go with uh, Dwight first on this one. Dang it. I was going to say tall ladies first. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say um, try to have about 30 fake grown kids. <laughs> so think about that. That to me is the most challenging part. I just have, with both of the teams that I work with, I have so many different egos and attitudes and personalities and bodies to deal with. Yeah, that to me is probably the hardest part. I mean, it's a tussle. I mean, again, I had to wake up this morning and I thought you guys were calling, and this college coach is calling about some of my kids. But I bet you, by the time I get up there today, something's going to happen in the dorms, or someone's going to happen in the classroom, or someone's going to get mad at the lunch lady for no reason, and it's just <laughs> it's something every day that you just have to be able to deal with, attack college positively, and then just assess and move on. I mean, you got to try to get 15 kids on the girl's side, 15, 14 kids on the boy's side to buy into what you're selling. Buy into team effort. Buy into a one common goal situation and help them graduate. So it's just dealing with so many people. So many people. I can... <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I mean, and you go back to you go back to you know you were saying you got to deal with some of these guys. Some of these guys and girls, you know, have have egos, and they think, you know, they were brought somewhere to be the dude, and you know, they fit into a system, and they're like, you know, they they get frustrated easily, and so I can imagine, I I can imagine how it can be how it can be tough in that aspect. Yeah, and, and think about it this way: what if all of a sudden a kid is doing well and they're not, but their parents? is mad that they're not playing three or four more minutes a game. Right. Now you got to deal with a parent or a grandparent. Then all of a sudden, a kid's dealing with something with his girlfriend. Then you got to deal with that person saying, like, it's <laughs> it's a whirlwind. Then you got to deal with an academic advisor, and then you got to deal with the janitor closing the doors at night. Like, <laughs> it's a 24-hour job, man. Yeah. I remember in high school Absolutely. when I was playing baseball, my yep. coaches told me, break up with your girlfriend because you're not going to see her for six months during baseball season. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, he was just like, don't have a girlfriend. Don't even think about it. Because <laughs> I don't need you to come out here after getting broken up and then, you know, pitch yeah. the worst game of your life. Yeah. I was like, don't worry, coach. I can't get a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Ellen, again, um, so, what you know, what's one of the most challenging parts about playing overseas um, just in general for you? Um, I would say it could be two things, like Dwight talked about earlier. Um, self-discipline, you know, this is a very, it's a very different type of job. Um, and it's very, like, it's not really a secure job, you know. Um, like, they can, you know, you can be gone before you know it if you don't perform. So I think that is, it can cause a lot of, you know, stress, but as long as you have the self-discipline, you know, to go out there and do what you can, um, you'll be fine. And then it's also, you have a lot of time on your hands. Um, cause I mean, we practice three, four, four hours a day. So what am I supposed to do with the other hours? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's fair. Yes. And I like, I like to do stuff. I like to 
my roommates make fun of me for going on walks. I like to go on walks and walk into the city and, you know, try to find things to do just to keep myself busy. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I mean, I mean, you're there. You might you might as well explore what you can, you know, and see what you can. So, yeah, right. I mean, you got to keep yourself busy somehow. So, exactly. So, I would say those two things are the the main ones. All right, fair enough. So, this one's uh, another dual one for you both. Here, we'll let Ellen go first, though. Um, so, what is uh, something? Feel free to brag about yourself at all. Amy, yeah, but I was like, plug yourself here. Plug yourself at all. <laughs> you know, what's something that sets you apart from other players? First of all, what position um, do you play? What, I'm sorry if we said that earlier, or if you said that earlier. What type of player I am? No, what type? What, what position are you? Are you guard, forward, or? So in college, I played point guard. Um, right now, I play more of a small forward. Okay. So oh, okay. I play the, the three position. Okay. So what's something that sets you apart from the next the next girl? Um, I would say I can play many positions. Um, I play hard, I play good on defense, and now I've developed a shot that's pretty solid. Uh, but I think it's the fact that I can play many positions, I can guard many positions. So you can kind of put me, you know, anywhere and I'll figure it out. Right. You're very versatile. See, one thing that yes. I remember about Ellen when I was like watching her and all that good stuff was her basketball IQ is ridiculous. Like you broke Becky Hammond's assist record, right? Yeah, yeah. that is not impressive at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> weak sauce, really. It's, I mean, come on now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just watching her be able to kind of understand the court, have court vision, be able to pass to the open part. Like that was, I, I was always impressed by that. I mean, hey. I would pass it to the other team nine times out of ten. I mean, but. you. I mean, everybody's always going to want versatility. You're going to want everybody's going. Every coach is going to want someone that I think can guard multiple positions. Um, you know, it's you got to play. Yeah, you got to be able to play defense. I mean, that's just. I mean, that's just some given. Um, so, Dwight, your turn, man. What's something that sets you apart from the next coach? Ooh, well, <laughs> do you guys want a PC answer or an honest answer? <laughs> honest, honest all day. <laughs> all right. So, the more and more that I actually have got into this business and. There's been a couple schools that my head coach has talked to me about, and they're looking for different coaches to be their staff and do different things. And one, I'm young. Two, being African-American in this business and being able to get kids is a huge factor, depending on the the market that they want you to do. Sometimes you might have a head coach, weird to say, in a different place that just wants a younger black coach. <laughs> or a younger women coach or a younger whatever the demographic is at the time that they're looking for to be able to attract kids or that school to meet something. It's very political, guys. It's extremely political as That's I tough. got into it. So even with what I'm doing, I have an advantage with what I am and who I am at the time. But the name of the game is Get Me Kids as a assistant as a head coach, there's a lot of different things you do. You can be a good talker, good figurehead, good motivation person, good in the community. Obviously, you can help. <laughs> Sorry for the call. Right. Do different things inside the school and just helping the program as a whole, or the marketing, or the different stuff in the building, financially, whatever it is. But as a, an assistant, Division One, Division Two, whatever it is, get me 
any kids and help develop them. That's the name of the game. I can, I've I, been already, yep, I, I've been already about two years into just the individual training and the skills training stuff. So I already got that on my notch. But again, the politics game plays a huge role. I can see that because I mean, like you said, it's all about getting kids. So recruiting is a huge part of coaching. You know, it's just you can go to so many places, but how many how many kids can you actually reel in? So I, I can I can see that. Yep, and and what area do you recruit in? If you, if you're an assistant, usually typically you have an area. I think right now I'm starting to have a couple connections in Europe and different things. But I mean, if if I'm gonna start to establish myself, I probably got to go back home to Omaha and really get a basis, or maybe work the Midwest or have a contact here or there, a different place to be able to shuffle kids. So right. that's the name of the game. Yeah, for sure. There you go. So I have a bonus question for you guys. <clears throat> Something I uh, heard the other day. I was listening to some some different radio, listening to some different NBA analysts and stuff like that. I just wanted to get your opinion. Um, so they, the idea that they were expressing is that basketball is moving closer and closer to a game where there are no designated roles, where no one player is built to play one position, but they'll recruit athletes and sign athletes that can play kind of like we were saying, multiple positions, you know, they're not just a power forward. They're also a center. They're also a two guard. They're also a three guard. Um, do you guys kind of agree with that sentiment that basketball is kind of moving away from a set position game and kind of moving towards an overall athlete game? We'll go with, uh, we'll go with Ellen first. What do you think, Ellen? Well, I mean, just from looking at players, even looking at the players in, uh, NBA right now, you can tell that I think it's moving towards everybody want to, you know, dribble the ball. Everybody can shoot. Everybody is trying to do everything Um, instead of having you don't have those Shaquille O'Neal's really. Right. Yeah. Right. Because me, even Boogie Cousins is hitting threes now. Yeah. Like exactly. And you have a LeBron that can, you know, dribble up the floor. He's the point guard, but he's. You know the biggest man on the court. <laughs> Brooke um, Lopez was hitting was hitting threes on the Thunder last yeah, night too. Yeah, that was crazy. And Jokic does the same thing too. Yeah, but anyway, sorry. Continue. But I think honestly that um, I don't know if it has. I think it's kind of coming from. It could be from uh, European influence because for us in Europe, we've always had a lot of you know, bigger players that can shoot. And everybody in Europe loves shooting for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> everybody loves shooting. So I don't know if, if that could be an influence or uh, if it's something like that. But I know from, uh, even for me growing up, it I don't think it, it wasn't weird for me seeing a, a center shoot a three, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think just from in America, it's always been, you know, uh, the point guard is small and shifted with the ball, and then you have the two guard that's a shooter, and then you move up to the five who can't shoot, but it's just inside Duncan. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, Dwight, what do you think about that? Um, I, I, I'll break this down, I guess, in a weird, different way. I think the influence definitely comes from the European style or the overseas style of game, but agree with it. As a trainer, I love it. I like my kids to be able to do everything. So very positionless basketball, being able to do multiple things, it gives you as a player, especially guarding multiple positions, and more of an opportunity to keep yourself out there. That was the one reason why I actually played in college. I wasn't the most skilled. 
hit the broad side of a bar shooting <laughs> the ball. I mean, I just couldn't. But I was a good athlete, and I knew I had to switch my mindset to be a great defender and guard multiple positions. But as a coach, I struggle with it. I struggle with it because sometimes if you allow things to be too free and you don't discipline or kind of structure it a little bit better, it becomes everyone with an ego and it becomes a free-for-all. And if people don't know their roles, in certain situations, you'll end up with the ball in somebody's hands in a crucial time when you need it in somebody's hand that's really your playmaker. Or right. someone that, hey, who gives them the freedom and practice to do it, this is acceptable when you get to a crucial part in the game or really any part of the game. Sometimes you just got to have certain boundaries for certain people. I mean, you don't ever want to just tame it, but you have to have some type of real and control. <laughs> and, and, I mean, we see it with our kids, especially on the side. I mean, we play a really free-flowing style of game. Obviously, we have a few more Europeans. I mean, we got a Croatian, we got the Spaniards, we got a girl from the Netherlands. Like, we have a wide variety, but we've also had just some issues with being able to get people to know and buy into a role. And I think that just, that's just that's a hard thing, especially with young people that already think they know everything. Right. You know yeah. I mean? it's, it's, it's hard. At the professional level, <laughs> it's acceptable because they're great, highest-paid athletes, and, I mean, they you can do it. <laughs> I mean, right. Do it, At the end of the day, though, man, it's always going to be a team game, and there's always going to be one yep. ball. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Well, cool, guys. So, is there anything that you want to add on? Any shout outs you want to give? Anything like that? <clears throat> no, I don't have any shout outs, to be honest with you. Fair enough. <laughs> Not mad at it. Uh, shout, shout out to you guys. Shout hey, thank out you, man. To you guys. Um, I'd say, hey, if anybody listening needs any trainers in the Northern Colorado area, look up React Fast Hoops. React Fast Hoops. I will plug my guys, Terrell and Marty Bird. I'll plug them. <laughs> right, right on. Well, again, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you guys' time uh, taking it out, giving us a little bit of an interview. Um, this has been a great interview, man. I love yeah. everything that you guys had to say. This um, has been awesome. Thanks for setting this up, man. For sure. All right, you guys. Well, I'll let you guys get back to it. I'm sure y'all got busy lives going on here. Um, but we'll talk to you guys soon. Yep, uh, thank, thank you again. You guys, thank you so uh, much. Let, let, let us know when this uh, comes on so we can get you guys some more tunes and get people kind of tuned in and go from there man thank you guys thank you so much definitely will do man we appreciate it thank you absolutely all right take care guys peace cool right on well yeah that was the uh, interview with uh, dwight and ellen um a lot of great answers in there. Yeah, it was. A lot of things I would have not thought of. Thanks to both of them for their time. Thanks to both of them for their insight as well. A lot of great, a lot of great info there. Yeah, really thought about the the recruiting part was actually really interesting. Yeah, just the can you get people to sign up? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it's you know, easy, some it's of Dwight's advantages. Yeah, in that you know what I'm saying. Because yeah, there's a lot of like we said before, there's a lot of factors in recruiting, man. Yeah, you know, that's for sure. It's come down to what the what the kid ultimately wants, you know, right? Like, so, or what even the school can provide. Yeah, you know what I'm saying it's not even what you want; it's what you got to have. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty interesting the fact that coaches too are designated in specific areas of you know regionally where they where they go. Right. As far right. as like you know specific countries or just specific regions of the U.S. in general, right. or, you know. That's pretty interesting as yeah. well. And then Ellen talking about how the game is much more physical over there, and didn't the the I point guard that. for. Uh, 
The point guard for um, the Mavericks, Luca. Uh, yeah, he's been saying that too. He's like, yeah, over there, it's way, way more physical. I can believe it. It's I can a, too. It's a different game. Yeah. So I mean, it's just. But it's just oh, so interesting to me because then we watch like the FIBA or we watch you know the Olympics and basketball and you watch the U.S. just fucking kill everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, is it that important that we're more or less physical if we can right. do whatever it is we need to do? So I thought that. And then the the whole idea about the positionless basketball. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. About guys just kind of being able to play X, Y, and Z and how it's good for a coach, but or bad for a coach, or good for a player, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I thought that was a really interesting take on that, too. And then Ellen, you know, going into a little bit about uh, players knowing their roles, playing their roles, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah. I can. Yeah, this I can, is what you got to do. Yeah. But so, I mean, go do that. Mm hmm. Yeah. So again, thank you guys so very much for uh, coming on the show, being a part of the show with us, and uh, giving us some really, really good information, man. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm really glad with the, I'm really happy with that interview. Mm-hmm. Great job setting it up. For I, sure. I was happy we were able to do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. The, just the timing in general of yeah. Spain, Colorado, Texas. Yeah. Like, that was, that was tough. We got it done, though. We, we got, got it done. done. Thank you to the internets. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to uh, the good old Weefy. Yeah. And speaking of thank yous, thank you to uh, Baseballism. Thank you to Rocco. And then. Almost more importantly, thank you to the Hanging Oak Studio. Thank you to Hanging Oak Studio. Thanks, brother. Uh, thank you, baseballism. Uh, coming up, we got more good stuff. We're we're always trying to end up good yep, interviews. Yep. Going to try to get Jabari Young on the show again. Yes, we are. We get a little uh, midseason report on where the Spurs are. Still in communication with the uh, Austin Bolts. We're going to get them on here soon. Mm-hmm. Um, a few more surprises in the got, works. We got some good stuff coming up. Yeah, we got some good stuff. Thanks for coming back. Uh, be good to yourselves, be good to others, and don't text and drive, don't drink and drive. Be good to animals. That that as well. Jesus Christ. I watch these old Facebook videos and people are mean to animals. I'm like, I'm gonna find that dude. I'm gonna find that dude. That's it. This is what I'm gonna have to dedicate my life to. Just being a visual anti for the animals. Yeah. Visual anti no. I'm gonna come up with a good name for visual anti visual anti. Okay, you do that. Maybe my thing will be like I control ants and I can just like send them to like attack folks. The visual anti. Not bees? Nah. Bees are whack. <laughs> Actually, bees aren't whack. We all need more bees in the world. So if you see a bee, stop fucking killing them. I like honey. So I like honey. I also like flowers and I like the ecosystem to stay intact. So there you go. Yeah. Leave the bees alone. <laughs> leave them alone. Jesus. All right, everybody. All right, we gotta uh, again, go. drop us lines on socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you know where to find us. Go like our stuff. Go share our stuff. And uh, leave us reviews on iTunes. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Peace. Later. Baseballism is a lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime, specializing in premium apparel and glove and leather accessories for men, women, and children. Visit Baseballism.com and use coupon code AASports for a 15% discount on your next order. Not ready to order today? Follow Baseballism on Instagram to stay connected. Baseballism is America's brand.